You're listening to episode 44 of the Musicpreneur Mindset Podcast. Hey, we're Sub Radio. You're listening to the Musicpreneur Mindset Podcast. Here's your host, Suze, founder of the Rockstar Advocate. Hello, you're listening to episode 44, Musicpreneur Spotlight, Cassandra Kabinsky. I'm your host, Suze, a mindset coach helping DIY musicians and creatives see themselves as musicpreneurs in order to create a sustainable career in music. This week's episode is a favorite of mine as I was able to have the chance to sit and chat with one of my favorite women in music, Cassandra Kabinsky. Cassandra is an incredible talent who infuses meaningful messages into her songs and pairs them with meaningful actions and collaboration in order to throw her support to causes that she cares about and inspire a larger group of people to take action and break the rules that have been holding them back from creating a greater impact in their own lives as well as others. Her movement, hashtag Break Your Boundaries, inspires just that, and she's taken it on the road, collaborating with various music retail and organizations to spread empowerment and community to her following and beyond. She's written with Rock and Roll Hall of Famer Billy Joel and recorded and released songs with the multi-platinum Google Dolls, Grammy Award-winning trumpeter Chris Boddy, and 10,000 Maniacs pop singer and multi-instrumentalist Mary Ramsey. Her holiday-themed EP, Holiday Magic, debuted last year at number 46 on the Billboard Heatseekers chart and received national airplay on over 25 radio stations. In addition to her voiceover work, sync licensing deals, and collaborative composing efforts, Cassandra is also on the board as global co-chair of membership for the respected nonprofit Women in Music. She recently completed a self-booked world tour over the summer, which you'll hear all about in a bit and took some time to sit with me to explain how she manages multiple passions and how she picks her priorities and delegates to others, as well as what lessons she's learned while doing it all. So without further ado... All right, everyone. I'm here with Cassandra, and I couldn't be more excited. Uh, I've been a fan of hers for quite a while. Her music is always on my playlist as I do work. She always gets me going during the day with her high energy uh, and amazing music. And you've already heard me go through some of her incredible milestones as a musician, but I want you guys to hear it straight from her. So Cassandra, welcome. And um, would you tell us a little bit about your musical journey thus far? Hey, Suze. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. It's awesome to be here. Oh my gosh. Musical journey so far. So, um, I started out my career when I was a teenager in musical theater in Connecticut, and it was kind of like a happenstance thing. I had gone to an audition for a professional theater there, um, mostly because I was excited to um, go sing songs from the show Annie and then go get ice cream with my friend afterwards. And uh, yeah, it's all about the mint chip. And uh, (laughs) I ended up booking the lead role in the show Annie. Um, And played this role for over a hundred shows at the Goodspeed Opera House in East Haddam, Connecticut. So that was kind of like my 12 year old intro to the entertainment business. Um, and I got an equity card out of that and, and went on to do some movies and TV shows and got a side card out of that. So then I was heading off to college and I was kind of like interested in not 
doing the theater thing or at least experimenting with something else. But I didn't know what else to do. So I was at Florida State studying theater when I just got hit by the songwriting bug. Um, I remember it was right after 9-11 and I was on the floor of my dorm room and I had this vision of me playing a grand piano uh, on some like really big stage, you know, like think Madison Square Garden type stage. And you know how they like fog up the room so that the lights can cut through and you like see the way that the lights cut through the fog. I just had this vision of me playing and that around me. It definitely inspired me then. And I think it's kind of continued to drive me in my evolution as a singer and a songwriter. So, you know, since those wonderful days at Florida State, I've lived in New York, I've lived in Nashville, I've toured all over the place. And along the way, I've just had the incredible fortune as well as all of the incredible challenges that come with making and releasing music, mostly fully independently, uh, a few things on small record labels here and there. And yeah, some amazing opportunities to work with some cool acts like the Goo Goo Dolls and 10,000 Maniacs and Chris Bodie and Billy Joel on kind of smaller projects, you know, some good licensing things coming through on, on TV shows uh, and lots and lots and lots and lots of shows all over the place from, you know, from <laughs> here to Malaysia. <laughs> well, I mean, you've definitely covered a lot of ground in a short amount of time. I mean, maybe it doesn't seem that way when you're the one doing it, but in the beginning of this episode, I listed out just some of your amazing accolades and your impressive list of collaborations. And looking back, like, how did you cover so much ground, like with the licensing and then, you know, music directing and the acting? Like, did you ever feel conflicted in your focus or like where to put your energy or did it all kind of just move together and you just took it as it came at you? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think I, I feel conflicted on a basically daily basis. Like conflict is my thing. <laughs> like... <laughs> Um, you know, in 2010, I got certified as a yoga instructor. And at the end of the program, the woman that was overseeing it took me aside and said, look, you're, you are a great teacher, but you have this energy about you. That is the energy of Viana and Viana in the yoga tradition basically translates as all directions all at once. And yeah. And it was like, really, it was such an insightful thing. And basically she was saying, this can be a strength or it can be something that really uh, drains you, you know, like if you're not able to kind of focus these energies into a direction. Since then, I've always kind of remembered that because I do feel like I'm often working on many projects at once, working with many people at once, wanting to be a lot of places and to your point about things, you know, coming through and being successful, I think part of that is just a product of passion and, and love. I mean, I love what I'm doing and, um, yeah, sometimes things gel and, and the project really comes to fruition. And, um, and other times I feel like I have my hands in way too many pots. Yeah. Like, do you, do you find that, is there a certain type of like consistency or groove that you need to get into? Or is it just being at the right place at the right time? Or did you find certain things contributed to those successes? Well, I think what contributed was taking intentional action towards something, mm -hmm. but the results that came back were often not what I had hoped for. So for instance, I wrote this song uh, to benefit autism awareness. And that is a song that ultimately we ended up cutting with the Goo Goo Dolls and 10,000 
megalomaniacs and releasing in upstate New York and making tens of thousands of dollars for a charity up there or for a, a college and um, autism center up there. So that was like, whoa, like this is what's happening. This right. is amazing. But that was like that kind of a result was it was in the wheelhouse of things that I thought were possible, but it was never like something that I was trying to do. Uh, and it was very lucky that a previous assistant of mine knew a professor at a SUNY school upstate who knew the Goo Goo Dolls, you know, so it was very like a lucky scenario that it came together. Um, and I feel like that about some of my, some of my biggest successes, I feel like I'm sure that my energy contributed to making this happen, but this is not how I thought it would look. I love that you said, you know, acting with intention. I think that that's, you know, a lot of people who are multi-passionate like yourself kind of imagine, oh, I'm here, there, everywhere, all at once. But I've always noticed with you, even though you're very multi-passionate, you think things through and you, you know, whether it's from a vision or it's from something you're really passionate about. And I know networking, and we'll get to that, is a big thing in your life. And I think a lot of people don't realize that you can be multi-passionate and have multiple projects without it getting where you're just kind of going sideways and you're not really moving forward. Go after all of those different things, but do it in a smart and, um, yeah. Well, something that you say, uh, you know, on the podcast often, and when I've been in your courses as well is, is you have to know your why. So whether, you know, right now I might be working on five different projects that, that are, I mean, they're decidedly, unique projects. You know, there's a holiday project and there's an animal rescue project and there's a sink licensing project. And like, these are, they're all a part and part and parcel of my vision and my career as an artist. And I'm able to tell you why on each one, it feels important. You know, why am I deciding to place energy here? What is the idea behind it? What's the intention behind it? And that ability to determine why is helpful for me, when I get into the dumps and like want to quit, you know, and like want to just like bag it all and like go be a yoga hermit somewhere. And it's also helpful (laughs) for my team and whoever I attract to work with me, you know, and again, more, more so to like recalibrate the compass when we feel like this isn't working or it's becoming a lot of work or whatever it is that we go, okay, you know what, let's back up. Why are we doing this? And are we still connected to that? Why Or has that kind of phased out? And maybe that means the project has to phase out too. So yeah, it's really helpful to get clear about why you are taking action. Yeah, I think that's so important. And as you said, knowing when to walk away from something that, you know, do I need to leave this where it is? Have have my focuses and my passion, my why changed? I think that's great. Sometimes when I've noticed when artists license music, they can start to create songs that are just somewhat generic. They want to make it open-ended and be able to be used for anything. And that definitely has its its purposes. But I've always noticed with your songwriting, you always have something to say. You know, there's always a deeper message behind your music. And um, that goes hand in hand with the fact that you get behind certain causes like autism or uh, breaking the boundaries, which I want to get to in a moment too. And you're also on the board of women in music, which also, you know, has its own message. So what draws you to get involved with these causes and these organizations? What speaks to me most is the power for transformation, um, the power for connection and the power for healing. I think like over the many years of doing this, I've distilled 
my interest in basically anything, whether it's nature or food or yoga or love or, you know, it, it really, to me, I'm like, why are we doing any of this? It occurs to me that we're all on our, you know, on this human journey looking for love and we're looking for connection and we're looking to not feel alone and we're looking to heal what is broken, you know? And I know that we, it's like going down into like psychotherapy territory, but like, you know, I mean, to not take it so seriously, like it doesn't have to be like a super like, oh my God, like tender tear in the eye. But like we, we all have had experiences where there was some belief that got shattered or some expectation that was unmet or some kind of like really big disappointment. And I think music has the power to participate in healing that the way that I have seen music operate in my own life of course of course it can also be like less serious than that and you know you just want to like shake your ass and like have a great night or raise a glass with your friends at a backyard barbecue party but even then I feel like there's an integration like it's there's an expression and an ability to connect that the music offers that like maybe you wouldn't be having that good a time I mean, you probably wouldn't be having that good a time if it wasn't for the music. Like we don't all go to a club to like stand there in silence and dance. We go to like dance to the music. So that's what drives me on any project with women in music as well. When I look at that organization, both what I got out of it and what I see in its potential is that it's such an incredible space to be in if you're looking to connect and to contribute to connecting. You know, it's not all about like getting, it's like you want to be in a community where you can be of service Mm -hmm. and be valuable to others. Like that's a good place to be. And I think that's something that also I've always noticed about you and how you ingratiate the different relationships and networks that you have is that you always come from like a giver's gain mentality. And I know that building a community is something that you know, I feel comes natural to you. I mean, I see you do that with women in music and with your own music. And so you've been doing that as well with your break your boundaries movement, this message that you're putting out there. Tell us a little bit more about how break your boundaries came about and what you're hoping uh, comes. Sure. It felt to me both in my personal life, as well as in the culture that there's been this reemergence of, of feminine energy Uh, which is not to say, you know, only like female, like physically female, but like that there's, there's been more of an interest in collaboration and compassion and listening and, um, you know, peaceful action uh, and sensuality and like having that all be okay, you know, like having self-expression be okay. And it struck me as like sort of astounding that we are even having that conversation, like, where are we that that's not already okay. But as we can see in the news every day, there, there are many, many people who are living their lives somewhat in hiding, you know, out of fear for like, not being able to fully express who they are. So anyway, break your boundaries evolved from that as as a conversation I wanted to create around women, particularly in the entertainment industry sharing with each other, like, where are we? Like, where, ha- where have we break broken boundaries? Where are we up against further boundaries? And how can we work together, um, not just as women, but as an entire entertainment community to move through that? And, um, you know, I know that most certainly this is not the only conversation. It's not like a, a very novel conversation for the times. Like a lot of organizations are pushing for this. But we tied it in with the release of a video called You Never Told Me for a song of the same name. And the song Mm -hmm. thematically is basically about like 
discovering and learning that all the rules that you've been taught are holding you back so that hopefully that allows you the freedom to see that you actually do get to make up your own rules in life. So that song uh, felt like one of the, the ways to like share this message. So we did release the song in the video, um, which of course you can check out on YouTube or at my website. And we created some events, some launch events and some actual panel conversations with groups like the Goddard Center on the Upper West Side of Manhattan, with Guitar Center, the national retailer, and with Women in Music. Of course, they were involved as well. You know, it's still out there. We're, we're interested in continuing to do these types of events and panels at other educational institutions and uh, places where this conversation would be valuable. You know, I love it. And also, uh, everyone listening, the link to that video will be in the show notes. So please go check it out. Because honestly, like, as soon as I heard it, I put it on my playlist. And it like, (laughs) I walk around my apartment singing it, I jam out to it when I just need to, like, you know, get pumped before, you know, a meeting or presentation when I just like, need that that dose of like, feel, feel good and feel empowered. It's such a great uh, song and the video is amazing. It's it's really really great and you'll definitely be inspired by it. So go go watch it. And I love you know I was at that Guitar Center presentation that you had uh, earlier this year and I love that again when you have something to say and you have a message in your music, it allows you to get more creative and get more involved in how you promote it and how you leverage it. Where it wasn't just go watch my video. It was okay, there's a message behind this and let's think outside the box about how we can make this message, give this message a larger platform and who we can collaborate with and pair up with to get this message heard. So I really like how you did it in a different way, but it also made complete sense and it served the message of the song and of the Break Your Boundaries movement. I think a lot of artists kind of miss those opportunities because they get so focused on the online stuff where it's like, I need more followers, I need more this, I need more that. And they forget, oh, I can step offline and really connect and grow a community around what I've created. And I think that's really important. And I know that you recently went on a world tour this summer. So how did that come about? And how did you make that happen? Because a lot of artists feel like, well, I'm not, I don't have a label backing me. So I don't, you know, I'm limited. My husband and I had had deemed it the year of breaking boundaries. And this was actually even before we came up with the whole break your boundaries concept for the video, but it just felt like a good, like, I don't know. It felt to us like, like we got to like crush through something, you know, we're kind of like coasting along and, um, and coasting along in a good way. Like we're really comfortable, but like, maybe it's good to get a little uncomfortable. So break your boundaries came out. And then my husband lost his job. And that happened in April. And we looked at each other. And you know, one of the reasons like shout out to my husband, who's like just the bomb.com rock star. So he, um, he wasn't like freaked out, you know, he, he, he totally took it as an opportunity and he saw it as an opportunity. And we had both been talking about for a while, Oh, we'd like to travel. We'd like to do more longer term travel and like more far flung travel. But you know, when are you going to do that? Like who's got the time, who's got the money, you know? So it just felt like that opportunity ending. And the fact that there was a little bit of severance money there from his losing the job. And for me, I like kind of looked down the line at the summer and said, well, I mean, I could just keep 
filling my life with the normal things I fill my life with, you know, like let's do more voiceover and go to more conferences and have more meetings and write more songs. And like, that's fine. It's status quo, but like maybe it would be really wild to just friggin' go, you know, like, let's just do that thing that you read about in all those blogs of all the people you're jealous of who are like, I just quit my day job. And like, now I'm a travel blogger. And like, (laughs) you know, I still don't get how those people do it. But, um, but anyway, so that was, that was like one, that was sort of the, the initiator, you know, like it lit the match, but then as far as deciding where to go and routing the tour and figuring out like, where the heck could I play shows? I took one uh, simple directive and my directive was uh, I will go where I have friends who have wanted me to visit them. That's pretty much it. You know, like I have friends who have left the U S or whom I met in the U S who don't live here, who have said for many years, come to Thailand. I can totally help you get shows come to Australia. Like I totally be able to help you set up some shows. So the trajectory went from the global music conference medium at, um, in Cannes in France. I started there in June and then I flew to Romania Mm -hmm. where my husband is from and, um, was in the capital city of Bucharest and played a benefit for autism there where we raised enough money to send 10 children through 10 hours of therapy. So that was really exciting. And then we flew to Thailand and I did a a handful of shows, I think three shows at various restaurants and hotel rooftop bars there. Made a little bit of money. I mean, we're not talking like tour supporting money, but this was like part, this was not, this tour particularly was not really about making money. It was about like doing it to do it. So Thailand, then we went to Malaysia and I played a show there, a smaller show, like an open mic feature. And then we flew to Australia and I did two shows there, one house concert and one show in a more proper cabaret venue. So yeah, I mean, all in all, it was, it was 30 insane days, uh, you know, or possibly even like 29, but we were away for just about a month. And it was, I mean, I look back on it and I'm like, we are first of all crazy. Like I don't recommend going that many places in that short amount of time if you're putting it all together yourself. (laughs) But it was really illuminating, first of all, from the perspective of coming back. And then like, that was a boundary that had been broken. Like for me as a performer, I had felt before, like you don't just pick up and go. You don't just like go somewhere unless you have like a big giant plan and you're going to make money and all of that. And it kind of showed me like there are other things to be gained. There were, there was so much richness in the experience again of connecting with people through music. It was very humbling um, and also very uplifting to see people respond to me as an artist and to my music in different countries and also to like see them not respond, you know, and to like realize that maybe there are certain venues where like, I don't want to play and I don't want to be a bar band. Like that's not what I want to do. And I'm doing that right now and it feels bad and I don't like it. So that's something that for me personally is not going to play into my further plans. It was very eye-opening and definitely boundary-breaking. And I love how you, you know, you took the pressure off of it in the way of, you know, it doesn't, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. It's like, well, where are, where's my support? You know, where are my resources that can help make this happen? Not, oh, I don't know, maybe I'll go play Madrid. Let me try to email a bunch of venues as somebody who doesn't live there trying to beg for a show, you know, it was like, where are my resources? That's where I go. That's such a wonderful place to start. 
when you're not sure or you are going into new territory, look at what resources you already have. I think so many people forget how many resources they have, especially with social media today. It doesn't have to feel so, oh, I'll do that when I get signed or I'll do that when I get X amount of money to put behind it or I'll do that when I finally get this done. It's like, no, just do it. And, you know, it's going to be scary. And as you said, you've learned what you don't want to do the second go around trying to do so much in in such a short period of time, but you did it. We're all in the same boat, I think, in the sense of that kind of like if, if, when scenario thinking, you know, where it's like, oh, well, when I have this, I'll be able to do X. And like, I get that, I get that all the time, you know, or like I'll, I'll catch myself, um, you know, blaming my progress on the fact that I have this or that I don't have that. Um, so, you know, like it's something that we can all kind of get trapped in, but it was such an incredible opportunity. Um, and one that I, I treasure, you know, that, that not only was this kind of like break in the universe opened, but that also that again, I had, another human being who was like a yes, you know, cause like if it were only me, maybe I would have talked myself out of it or like, you know, logic to myself out of the idea. <laughs> but because I had Bogdan, my husband, like saying, <laughs> right. you know what? Yeah. Like, are you serious? Do you want to, do you really think we can do that? I was like, yeah, I do. And then, you know, to have his assistance in planning the, uh, the actual itinerary and booking all those flights. I mean, there's quite a lot of logistical work involved that he was a huge part of. So like, but again, like without saying yes, all those, that synergy and like things coming together, it can't come to you until you say yes. Mm. Ariel Hyatt of cyber PR and I uh, sometimes work together with clients and I have to say, I don't know if you're aware of this, but one of the things we, we've told pretty much every client we've uh, collaborated with, we've said, you know, go to Cassandra Kubinski's socials and see how she connects with her audience because, you know, you've got those great calls to action. Like, I love your website. And, you you know, we talk about how, and I think Ariel even said this at the summit, was, you know, how you make your graphics. And so it's, you know, follow me on Spotify and you do a great job. I know you did this with Pandora. You did a campaign to get people to to help you with getting your streams up and everything on Pandora and making those graphics and making those calls to action. Uh, everyone listening, Cassandra's links are in the show notes and definitely go check out her socials and her website to see what graphics I'm talking about. But you know, the importance of educating your fans on how to be good fans, whether you're doing that, you know, with that specific intention or not, you seem to be very good at letting people know how they can support you. So how do you keep that organized? I have a fantastic woman that I work with named Brianna, who's worked with us for a couple of years, and she creates some of our graphic call to actions. We collaborate on the overall strategy of what kind of content we want to have and we want to put out. Um, and then she creates and schedules it often. Um, you know, and it's a work in progress. Like we're always kind of figuring it out amongst our schedules to keep that consistent. So for instance, the holiday album I put out last year, Holiday Magic, will be, you know, focusing on that again this year during the holiday season. So number one, hooray, we already have some content from all of the work we did last year. Right. But you don't want to like, you know, just basically like put out all the same stuff because your, your fans who were there last year are going to be like, oh, this is 
all the same stuff, you know? <laughs> so, um, so yeah, right now we're in the process of doing exactly what you said, which is to look at the project and say, okay, in this time frame, what would we like to put out? Let's make that now in October, you know, like let's make it now so that we're ready and we're, we just have it on hand and we can schedule it in and, and have it go out during the holiday season. Could we do more things that are like in the moment, you know, live videos, like, yes, and we will, but like, it's really good to have just whatever is cool to you and creative to you and unique to your project that you have like some starter, starter fluid, you know, you've got some like starter logs, you know, to like build that fire, um, amongst your fans. And the other thing I know that Ariel says very often is to share yourself, like rather than everything being a promotion for your music, let people in on your life. So I, as an artist, often feel conflicted because I I feel like I do that a lot. Like I actually feel like my socials are weighed more in favor of like, for instance, I just shared a video the other day of like me eating this sugar-free apple crisp that I made because I'm like trying so desperately to go 30 days without sugar. And, um, it's like got its ups and downs, but, (laughs) but meanwhile, I was like, you know, there's that part of me that's like, nobody is going to care. Like they don't care about this. And then I'm like, but you know what? This is, what I'm doing right now. Like, this is important to me. And I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna put it out there, you know? And like, guess what? Like, that's actually, of course, gotten a lot of engagement because this, you know, the whole battle against sugar in everybody's personal life is something that a lot of people relate to. Um, So, you know, is that going to translate to more sales of my holiday album? I couldn't possibly tell you, but like, in the meantime, I do feel like it shows me that there's a community of people, you know, hundreds of people out there that will, of course, hopefully build to thousands, hopefully build to millions where we can go, look at that. Like we are making a difference and like people feel they're feeling me like, and I'm feeling them. And like, that's really cool that we have this space where we can like see that happening in real time. That's so awesome. And thank you for, you know, sharing the fact that you delegate some of these tasks. And, you know, this isn't, a you know, as much of a superwoman as you are, this isn't a one woman show. I mean, as you guys have heard throughout our entire conversation right now, she's had the support of other people on her team to make this happen. So, you know, whether it's a manager or an assistant or an intern or a loved one, you know, anybody to help you get some of these things done you know, slow down, think it through, and then take action. And I, you know, that's something that I think you do so well, is that whether it feels scary or not, you're somebody who I always see is taking action. So I think that that's wonderful. And I thank you for sharing that with us. But as we wrap up this interview, I have four questions that I ask every guest, no wrong answers here. Mm -hmm. If you could choose one superpower, what would it be? one superpower wow I think like this this is like such an unreasonable superpower um I would I would choose the ability to like see how something was going to turn out you know I guess to see the future like (laughs) yeah so if time travel was possible what lesson would you like to go back and tell yourself I would like to tell myself, okay, caveat, I would like to tell myself in, and like in a way that I actually would have believed that I was like friggin' gorgeous and badass, not just like to, to be able to tell that to myself, but like, I, I would love to have been able to like make my younger self into a person who thought that, 
you know, mm-hmm. like who really, who really like embodied that. Yeah. I totally relate to that. Now you've already, uh, you know, possibly shared some meals with some already incredible musicians, but three musicians living or dead for your house for dinner, who would they be? Sting, Sarah Bareilles. Oh, geez. Sting, Sarah Bareilles. Let's, you know, I feel like it'd be fun to pick somebody who I feel like I don't really get them or their music. So it might be kind of like really illuminating to like chat with like Lil Wayne or somebody like that, you know, okay. <laughs> and I'd be like, um, I feel like I don't really get you or your lifestyle. So, um, breaking your own boundaries and your own comfort zone to learn something new. I like that. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I love it. And so lastly, this podcast, each week we have our audience take an action. Um, and so since there is no actionable this week, there's no free download um, on my end, I would like you to give our audience an action to take this week. Okay. My action for everybody to take is daily. It's really simple. It only takes like one minute daily at the end of the day, write down three wins for the day. I want you to just write down three wins and they can be in any area. If you want to focus it in the area of your music or your career, that's fine. But I think it's really important for us to get into the habit of recognizing that we are actually creating things and we are powerfully creating things and like things are happening, you know, so that we're not walking around feeling like, why isn't anything moving forward? And like, why is nothing going well? At least this is obviously something that I need too, but that's why I invented it. So um, yeah, it's the, it's the three win challenge. Can you write down three wins and like get really present to like the fact that you had three wins today and tomorrow and the next day and the next day and so on. I love that three win challenge. That will be in the show notes if you guys need a reminder. And I am also going to give you an action to go check out her music. Go watch her videos. Go <laughs> click the links in the show notes. Cassandra, thank you so much. This was so illuminating. And I know that you've inspired a lot of our listeners today. So thank you. Thank you, Suze. It's been inspiring for me too. Thanks for having me. Of course. So there you have it. I hope you were able to take away a lot of key lessons from Cassandra's story. She's definitely someone who embraced the musicpreneur mindset and has learned to push herself past her comfort zone in order to grow, which is what her movement, hashtag Break Your Boundaries, is all about. I encourage you to join her movement online and show everyone how you are breaking boundaries in your daily life. It doesn't need to be anything big. You can push your boundaries every day with small actions. Maybe you'll implement a new exercise routine today, even if you feel like binging Netflix. Or maybe you'll reach out to that industry contact you've been putting off out of fear that they won't resonate with your message. Or maybe you'll sit down and look over your finances for the first time so you can get better at managing your money. Whatever way you choose to break your boundaries, always remember growth may not always be easy, but it's necessary in order to have a sustaining career. So keep going, even when it's messy. I want to thank you for listening. Be sure to check out episode 45, a bonus episode where Cassandra does a live consultation with me as we break through some of her roadblocks she's been facing with expanding her team. You can find the bonus episode by scrolling down in the show notes or click on episode 45 inside of your favorite podcast player. Lastly, this is your last reminder that I'll be hosting a free live hangout on Friday, December 28th at 7 p.m. Eastern. I want you to rock the fuck out of 2019 the right way. We're going to have some hot cocoa, light some candles, and do some time blocking exercises and also get clear on our purpose and intentions for the coming year. 
I'll be going over identifying your next steps, answering your questions live as we get excited for what we want to bring into our lives and what we want to keep out as well. Now, there's no course I'm upselling at this Hangout. I will be letting you know some tools that I have available to help you with your planning needs, but nothing is required for you to carry out these exercises other than your participation. If you'd like to join me on December 28th for our free planning session, simply go to the show notes or bit.ly forward slash rockout2019 to register. Again, thanks so much for tuning in. I hope you've enjoyed the last episode of 2018. I'll be back on January 2nd with a look back at some of the best episodes of 2018 and a look at what's to come in 2019 from the Rockstar Advocate. Now, if you're looking to figure out your next steps, find time to balance everything on your plate, or work on creating goals with intention, let's talk. Email me at any time, suz, S-U-Z, at therockstaradvocate.com. Until next year, Rockstar, have a wonderful week, and I hope to see you back here next time so we can get grounded to get rising. Take care.